The views and opinions expressed in this presentation by the hosts and guests are those of the individuals providing them and do not necessarily reflect those of the production company or distributors. Anza, and I'm happy to welcome you to the first episode of Two Old Chicks Who Know a Lot of Shit. I'm here with my co-host and my friend of more than 50 years, Wanda Lloyd. Say hello, Wanda. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us as we share our stories and our wisdom uh, with you and give you an idea sort of the ideas we and the topics we'll be covering on the show. Uh, what we want to begin with, Wanda, is the mm -hmm. deconstruction of our title. We've gotten lots and lots of response about our title, and I'm so glad we did. I knew that we would. Uh, I came up with a title, as, uh, as, as, some, as some folks know, but uh, we worked on it. Uh, Wanda and I have discovered our superpowers. She goes to the right, and I go to the left, and instead of bumping heads, boom, that's our superpower. So we've been... Uh, opposites ever since we met in Atlanta, Georgia at Spelman College, just freshman college roommates. And Wanda's always been to the right and I've been to the left. We've been opposites. So we used, we went to the same pattern that we used in all of our working together uh, in, uh, in coming up with the title. We worked together on it. Okay, two old chicks. Well, there's two of us, me and Wanda. That's right. We're old. We, we the admit old it. Part, the old part we worked on because uh, we thought about it and, it and it led to a lot of deep discussions actually with me and Wanda about the word old and the plague that is uh, covered it in this country. And uh, you know, in other countries there's reverence and know-how in that word. And in this country there's reverence and know-how in that word if we do that. And so without even chatting it up with our friends and our colleagues, Wanda and I decided we were gonna claim that word old and work it. I mean, Wanda, old is good, right? It is, but you know, Tina, I think about my grandmother and when she was old and I think about what she looked like and how she felt and her health and, and you know, just um, the things that she, she no longer did because she was old. And then I look at us and I go, okay, we're not, we're, we're there in terms of age, but we're not there in terms of how our ancestors were because we have such a better quality of life, well, you know, medical advances and and better education better opportunities yeah we, yes absolutely yeah. we eat better you know we think about things that we put in our bodies before we exercise more we don't we didn't just come home and sit down when we turned 70 years old and yeah we came home and did our pilates absolutely yeah so, all right so you that, so that's our word we're gonna claim it and we ask you to claim it too if you're old so you're old. That's a wonderful thing. It's uh, as I said, there's reverence and know-how in that word. Okay, and chicks. Well, even though we're old, we still want you to know we're a little hip. So we decided chicks. We thought about broads. We thought about women. We thought about ladies. But chicks is what we came up with. Uh, you know, truly having had so many experiences in so many arenas. Uh, Wanda and I were a lot of the first two, the first two edit the newspaper, the first two be on the copy desk, the first two. So we had a lot of those, but in the midst of that, we learned a lot of things. We, we do know a lot of shit. 
We have discovered that. And well, we wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It really didn't get real, Tina, until our good friend Sybil Wilkes did this wonderful little promo for us. And she she did three, actually, right? She did one that was kind of overall. She did one about you and one about me. And then the one about you, she kept calling you the potty mouth. Well, that's what really kind of blew this up on social media. And I don't mean blew it up in terms of thousands of, of, uh, of followers, but in terms of just the conversation about, oh my gosh, I know who came up with that word, or I know... You know, I know um, how she was talking about it. And then also, it's the difference between us. Wanda said, you know, I hardly ever say that word. So she also, when I when I came up with the idea, what we said, Wanda, was, uh, oh, good, what's a good title? And I said, huh, we ought to call it Two Old Chicks Who Know A Lot of Shit. And I just threw that out because I knew Wanda wasn't going to go for that with the shit in it. So I said, oh, well. And then Wanda. Wanda talked I, to call, her. I call my daughter. Her supreme mediator, yes. She laughed out loud. She's 38 years old. She laughed out loud. She said, oh my gosh, that's the best title ever. She said, people my age will tune in when you have that kind of title. But I was still a little uncomfortable with it. So then I started asking a few people, well, is there another word for shit? Because that's just not me. And somebody said ish, and I had to look that up because I... <laughs> that was a substitute word for the word. But when Sybil did the video and people just said, oh, my gosh, I love it. I'll have to tune in. I have to share this information. I went, OK, well, I guess I guess we're, I guess that's what it is. I guess we're going to run with that. But I have to tell you, when, when I use it a lot of times in a conversation, I do get a little uncomfortable because I say, oh, wait, I hope Wanda's not listening. I hope Wanda's not listening to me saying that many times. Yeah. So well, I, I, won't say I, I won't say I never curse. I just say when I do, I'm not all that comfortable with it. Well, then, you know, we'll talk about this later and maybe on another show about how different Wanda and I are and how we, we're still together and still loving each other and supporting each other after 50 years. But I, I'm right. I curse like a sailor and Wanda doesn't want to say. Shh. So that's another way that we're opposite. But we work with it. It's wonderful. Uh, so as you can see, we know we, we love each other. We like to talk to each other. We have a lot of shit to say. And uh, so that's what we want to bring to you on this show. We also want to, from time to time, bring uh, game changers in different arenas to talk because we know a lot of brilliant people and we want to share them with you about our uh, our resume because we really do have a resume. We don't just sit here and talk a lot of shit. Wanda, you want to begin? Yeah. So we've done a few things in our lives. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get started. So I am Wanda Smalls Lloyd, and I'm a retired newspaper editor, a journalism professor, an author, and someone who spent a lot of my professional time as an advocate and trainer for media diversity. And you know, that's just become so relevant recently, Tina, yeah. with yeah. all the things that happened last year, and people are sort of um, having those conversations, which I love that we're having those conversations. So we'll, we'll be talking... Yeah. We'll be talking about that, too. I started in journalism in high school. Um, I was editor of my high school paper in, uh, in Savannah, Georgia. And then I became the editor of the paper at Spelman College in Atlanta, where you and I met, Tina. Yeah. Um, and I actually went to college knowing that I wanted to become a daily newspaper journalist. I knew from the day I walked in onto that campus. So um, mm -hmm. I, I, have, I have a question. 
who goes to college knowing not that they wanted to be in journalism, not knowing that they wanted to work for for print uh, media, you know, not no, not knowing that you know that they may want to work for a newspaper. But she came knowing she wanted to what, Wanda? I wanted to be a journalist. Yep. I, did. I wanted to be. I, I thought I wanted to be a reporter, and I never was a full-time reporter. I was always an editor of some kind or another, and I never turned down a good opportunity because of you know where the job was. Um, so it, you know, it didn't even bother me, Tina, that when we graduated and we both grew up in Georgia, we went to college in Georgia. It did not bother me that my career took me to Rhode Island, which I. <laughs> Pretty much had to look up on a map. Yeah, <laughs> at that time, I stayed, and I stayed in Atlanta at the uh, at the uh, AJC. It was the Atlanta Constitution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you came. But what? But what really struck me, Wanda, is that you came to Spelman, eighteen years old, and you said one of your goals was to uh, edit a, a, a mid time a mid sized newspaper in the South. Yeah, yeah, I got there. So, 1967, so, who knows that specific stuff? Wanda. Yeah. So, I worked in newsrooms and seven daily newspapers uh, at seven daily newspapers, um, including the Washington Post and USA Today. And I retired from my last newsroom as executive editor of the paper in Montgomery, the Montgomery Advertiser in Montgomery, Alabama. So, but there was, you know, a lot more to do than working at newspapers. Along the way, I taught journalism and at several universities, including Vanderbilt in Nashville, where I actually set up a program to teach journalism to non-traditional students who have, who are all people of color. Um, when I retired from my last newsroom in Alabama, I didn't quite know what I was going to do until the very last, almost the last day before I left there. Um, I had the opportunity to come to go back to Savannah as a professor and um, chair of the department teaching journalism at Savannah State University. So coming home after all those years, 40 some years away. And then last year I had two books um, published. Um, my memoir, Coming Full Circle from Jim Crow to Journalism came out in February, 2020, just a few weeks before the pandemic yeah. shut down our, the planned national book tour, which Tina and I were going to do some things together. Oh, we were going to go to Atlanta at Spelman. That was going to be our first one. Then we we're going to jump in the car and go down to Florida, where Wanda's daughter is, for another event at the museum. You know, Wanda had a really wonderful uh, uh, we had between her publisher, me, and and herself had had a really nice uh, book tour plan. Uh, but yeah. you know, but the COVID happened, and Wanda, as you will discover on these podcasts, is your can-do kind of girl. She quickly pivoted to uh, to digital, and and we learned a lot of things. We learned. We a did. I actually got to do about six weeks on the road before we shut things down. So I had a had a little bit of that that in-person experience, which I absolutely yeah. love. But yeah. you know what, Tina? My what? body was tired after six weeks. And so as bad as COVID was, as sad as we are, that we lost hundreds of thousands of lives and we were locked up in our homes for, for over a year, I'm kind of okay with this digital book tour. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually enjoying doing oh, everything. I think, oh, you know, I think of all the, all the people that we can reach who we couldn't have uh, you know, exactly. reached 
Exactly. I can do something in New York City in the morning and California in the evening. It it actually made it a little easier. But you know, like so. all people, like all people during the pandemic, I miss hugs. I miss, you know, I miss looking down that line and seeing people waiting, exciting, you know, holding a little book in their hand, waiting to talk to you and the inter you know, interaction that you have. But we're gonna find a way to do that. I mean, I think that it's a matter of us just learning how to do it. Yeah. And then um, I co-edited a book with Tina, which was published after the deaths of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. So we'll be talking about that. Many of you probably already heard some of the um, the events that we've had on online about that digitally uh, book tour event, events about that. Can so I, can um, I, can I just jump in one time, Wanda, to say... Uh -huh. uh, uh, about your book, when Wanda retired from uh, newspapers after a long career, how many years in newspapers? Uh, 42, I think, either 42 or 43. Mm -hmm. Almost 50 years in newspapers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, she went on to, you know, go on to, to another arena of, uh, of scholarship on, you know, at the uh, uh, Savannah University campus. But in between that time, Wanda and I had talked and, and she had had this conversation over and over and any pause in her life about writing her, her, her memoir. And Wanda would say the same thing. Oh, what, you know, why would I write a you know, memoir? What do Nobody I cares about my story that's what i told you now she always said that but by the time that she she retired from uh the her her, her next iteration as a college professor uh you really had given it some thought and and started thinking that there was a lot of value in your story yeah and you know the students helped me with that because mm -hmm. they would often um ask me you know they knew i hadn't been in the academy forever that i had done something else in my life before mm -hmm. the before coming to the university and they would ask me well how did you you know how did you get from point a to point b and where did you come from and and stuff like that and in how telling did, stories how about how yeah, and telling stories about my career it just automatically came up that i grew up in savannah in the in the era of jim crow and so a lot of the things that they um they asked me about was, well, you know, what kind of restaurants did you go to? Well, we didn't go to restaurants because we couldn't go to restaurants. Well, where were the movie theaters? You know, all the things that they take for granted now, of course, and rightly so, mm -hmm. they were shocked that I had come from an era where we had so many restrictions on our lives, going to segregated schools and libraries and not being able to go so many places and then ascended to the top levels, some of the top levels in journalism. And so it was me telling those stories that inspired me that I need to start writing them and, you know, putting them on paper so that I could share them with everybody who might care about that. Yeah, yeah. We have the same idea for this podcast that yeah. you, know, you and I had, had lived, you know, at and, and really lived and worked and ascended and, you know, had to downfalls and all of this for, you know, for a good 50 years, each of us, and that we had things to share. And, you know, I, I think that's another thing that we always talk about. We're going to talk about a bit more uh, on the episodes, and that is agency, you know, remembering what you can do, what, what, what power you have. And uh, you and I discovered that over and over, you know, I think in the last five or six years, the power that we have to right. do what we want to do, even though there are so, you know. So speaking of power, Tina, let's talk a little bit about your career. And okay. Let's get into your bio. Tell us, tell us about okay. that. Okay. All righty. Uh, I'm Tina McElroyans. I'm an author. Uh, I've uh, published, I'm a novelist. I've published five novels, Big of the Family, Ugly Ways, The Hand I Fan With, You Know Better, 
and taken after Madea. And I've also been, as Wanda said, the co-editor of um, Meeting at the Table, African-American Women Write on Race, Culture, and Community, which Wanda and I published uh, in 2020, the end of 2020. She published her memoir at the beginning of 2020. And we published uh, Meeting at the Table in November uh, of 2020. Uh, I always say that I'm one of those little, little school girls who always knew I wanted to tell stories. And that is the truth. And I wanted to tell, that's how I got into journalism. Wanda uh, forced me into go, uh, joining the school newspaper and I discovered, oh, well, I love this. You mean you can take a, make a career out of this? So she really set me on my career as a, uh, as a journalist. I'm also a publisher, which is one of the reasons we were able to publish this book so quickly. Uh, I, public, I uh, founded Down South Press, which is a small independent publisher in uh, 2007. And I published, as a matter of fact, my last two books. It's also the publisher of um, Taking After Muddy, my latest novel. I so, Tina, when we started talking about meeting at the table, mm -hmm. one of the things that was really important to me was that we get that book out in 2020. Oh my because goodness. so much was going on in 2020, and I felt like we, we had to do it. And I knew from the experience of my book mm -hmm. that it takes a lot longer than less than a year to get a book out into into people's hands. And so we as we were thinking about, well, how do we do this? How do we get it done so quickly? And you know, and all of a sudden Tina went, boom, I've got a publishing company. We can do this. <laughs> Which she founded in 2007. And guess where it was? It was in Montgomery. Remember, you came to me and told me that I want to have a that I want to have a press conference. I want to launch this new company of mine. And I want to do it somewhere other than St. Simon's Island, where you live, mm -hmm. lived then and live now. And I said, well, come to Montgomery. We'll, we'll figure this out. So I called the director of the Rosa Parks Museum, and we did it right there in the lobby of the Rosa Parks Museum, which I thought was so fitting that we were in a place where an African-American woman was honored mm -hmm. because of her bravery and courage. And here you were starting a new business as an African-American woman, doing something that not at that time, not a lot of us were doing. No, no, not, uh, not that many. I tell you, know, I tell uh, uh, young authors now when they say they self-published a book and, you know, did, I say, well, you know, you may as well find found a publishing company. You've done all the work. You got the ISBN number. You have to do the publicity. You had to get it printed. You know, I, I think that the uh, small publishing companies really are going to sort of save us going forward because the big publishing companies cannot do it all and they don't all do it in the same, you know, in the same way. But at any rate, so I, I founded a publishing company, uh, Down South Press, and uh, in 2004, I also had founded uh, the Sea Island Writers Retreat. Because uh, when I founded the retreats in 2004, the only other retreats were held by uh, Marita Golden's uh, organ, well, it's organization, the Hurston Wright Organization. And I think there was one in upstate New York, but there, there were no writers retreats for African-American people to come and really just sit in the work, you know, the way you and I did one on the phone and talk about it and take time to. The other, the other thing about Wanda uh, being the person who uh, 
who, who found the perfect place for us to launch the uh, publishing company. I have a picture of you and me in the lobby next to Rosa Parks, uh, mm -hmm. next to Rosa Parks statue. I have that. But, but that really highlights what Wanda has always been to me. She's always been a friend. She's always been there. I mean, you know, we decided after freshman year, we couldn't live together. We would have killed each other. Mm -hmm. She wanted the window open. I wanted the windows down. She was, you know, she was singing all the time. She was in a glee club and I was tone deaf. So everything was different. But we, we found that in doing that, we remained friends and good partners, really good partners. And we didn't even know we were being partners until we started actually working together on books. And that was just in the last year, huh? We, it was in the last year, but you know, the friendship endured. And, and the, one of the blessings about the friendship is that our husbands became friends also. Yeah. Yeah. And so when oh, we would get together, it was the four of us who were um, just in sync, you know, about where to go, what to do, how, you know, how to get things done, because they were mostly together on your book tour, because you came to the city where I lived. Every yeah, time right. you had a new book, you would come and I would have a party, but you were also there to do a, a book festival or some other speaking engagement. Oh, we, we would look for any opportunity to get, get together yeah. in uh, whatever city Wanda was. But that's another way that she supported me. I have pictures of every single book party for every single book that I have published. And uh, we, have, we, have to have, we didn't have a party for uh, take, for uh, meeting at the yeah, table. table and I promise you, we have plans. We have plans to get together with Wanda and myself, with the wonderful contributors that we have. We have 15 contributors. So uh, so that's what I am. I'm a publisher. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm a teacher. Uh, the Writers' Retreats, I think, were wonderful. Uh, there are a lot more of them now. Uh, they're a lot more inclusive now. But there, uh, there is something about getting together uh, in the Sea Islands off the coast of Georgia with African-American mm -hmm. writers. There's something in the air, there's something there. So uh, we've had them around the country, but the ones that we really like are the ones we have in the Sea Island. So that's you know, when I you talk about When you talk about the fact that there were only a couple of writers retreats sort of targeted or run by mm -hmm. African-American yeah, women, like you have this little wonder that there's so few of us who are telling our stories because oh. we didn't have those opportunities you know, in mass to go and figure out how to do that, you know, and, and you, I got it done because you were there to help me and say, well, wait a minute, this is an important story on a story that I thought, well, who cares about that? You know, whether it's the whole book or just one little story in there, I had a couple of other friends. Or just Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Yeah, just the word Jim Crow. My goodness, how many times have we heard about Jim Crow since I, you know, since my book came out? Since, so, yeah, since 2020, since the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just about the writing, but it's about the thinking, because you were always telling me, you know, thinking time is writing time. And so just thinking about how to how to write a book and having somebody to sort of bounce that off. So one of the reasons we decided to do this show is because you know, because as Tina says, we've been working together uh, a long time. Um, from my memoir, Tina wrote the foreword, which Yay. she claimed she started writing as soon as I, I wrote, I started writing the book. Oh, as soon as, soon as Wanda told me, let me, tell you, let me tell you what kind of person Wanda, woman Wanda is. As soon as she told me, she said, I'm serious. I'm really going to write this memoir. I think I'm going to do it. And I went to my, my computer and I wrote a file that said Wanda's intro. Wanda, I called Wanda's intro at first and then I changed this to Wanda's forward. I knew that I wanted to write the forward to, to the book and I knew that Wanda was going to finish and if I didn't start, she would finish the book before I finished the forward. So, which, yeah. actually, which you did, which, oh, okay, don't say anything, which actually you did. 
<laughs> well, I did. I came to you and I said, would you write the forward? And I didn't know that you had already started working on it, but I was a little, um, a little timid at first about asking you because I know that writing is something you do so well. I thought she's not going to want to put her good words in my book. <laughs> oh, but, oh my goodness. How it was is a beautiful one. So we'll be talking about books we'll later. This isn't really the podcast later. about the books, but since Tina put meeting uh, at the table up, I'll just put that up there. Just there we go. Say that's the, that's, that's the cover. And I think, uh, hey, don't be, I think, don't be quick about it. This is our episode. You can put it up there the whole time. If you oh, want. Okay. <laughs> it's actually, it's over my shoulder as well. Cause I'm in my zoom room. Um, and then of course, because we did the double book tour, you know, Tina has been, on tour virtually with me for me coming full circle. She's she's done a lot of the uh, appearances with me. She's we've been in sort of in conversation uh, as a format with some of them, and then of course meeting at the table. So while we were working on uh, meeting at the table, and we we would have conversations sometimes at night. We were editing on Zoom, oh, on yeah. Google Drive, and Zoom. sometimes we would talk for four and five hours. Maybe half of that was editing and maybe the other half was just talking about life, about wisdom, about young people, about how much yeah, you know. about marriage, about men, about face, about face cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was one of the We were all into the face. We were all <laughs> Uh, yeah, remember the night we ran to the bathroom, you were at your house and I was at my house and we came back with I all the creams that cream and lotion to say, <laughs> I, I used this. And it was wonderful. It was a whole mm -hmm. new, it was a world that just opened up for us and we didn't really know. It's a difference in Zooming than in talking on the phone, we discovered. Being able yeah. to see each other's faces and expressions, seeing each other's face creams, mm -hmm. but seeing each other's faces and expressions. And we, we looked up and so much time had passed we just really didn't realize how natural that was for us just to talk about things and to share ideas. And so one day and I said, you know, between the two of us, we were both copy editors, copy editors, where you have to know lots of information uh, at newspapers. And I said, you know, between the two of us, we know just about everything. And so we started talking about just sharing that, talking about sharing. Absolutely. That we started us, talking you know, about about how to do a podcast because we didn't know a thing about how to start a podcast. I happened to be a fan of podcasts. I have a dog. I walk my dog twice a day. I listen to podcasts on my walks when I'm not listening to books. I, I knew the podcast. Yeah, but I didn't know how to do it. And so, you know, we we did so many appearances, but we've been talking about this for a long time. So oh, oh, uh, our producer, Kara Walker. Thank you so much. You know, we always tell young people that uh uh, uh, this this good idea sort of like float right above us, you know, and like an, I see it like in a cloud and uh, good ideas are just all up there. That's just the universe up there. That's, you know, all the rich stuff. And, you know, at some moment, about 10 people will reach up and pull down a good idea, you know, and out of those 10, maybe two people will actually, you know, do something about it. But when we, we knew that a podcast was a good idea, we just needed the, the, uh, technical expertise. 
Michelle, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, to do it. But I tell we tell young people, you know, you just keep doing what you do, and the universe will give you somebody. And I was talking to our, our wonderful producer, who is one of my little schoolgirls. Wanda has mentees, and I have little schoolgirls. Uh, they you know, we take care of, and who you know, who share their lives with us, and we share our lives with them, and try to you know help them along. And I was just talking to her. We have a meeting every month, and so I was talking, and we were just saying, uh, you know, she is. By the way, she is the uh, the, the founder and the producer of the uh, Morehouse College Human Rights Fest Film Festival, Kara is. Uh, and uh, we were just talking and she says, you know, I was, I was looking for my partner and I was looking for, you know, a show to produce. And I'm like, what? Wait, we're looking for our producers. You know, it was kind of like when we, we did the book, Wanda, you know, right. hey, you know, I can, I got a publishing company. Yeah, yeah well, right. Light bulb went off. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that we talk about is our, our relationship has always been organic. We didn't even know it was organic when it was organic. It just grew from one of, we just decided as, as 19 year olds that, you know, we couldn't live together, you know, and, and as roommates, but that we wanted to remain friends, which is sort of a sophisticated thing to do. And, you know, we just sort of did things organically with the, the book meeting uh, at the table occurred organically because we were just talking about, you know, what can we do in this time of, of uh, a pandemic in this time of social justice, the, uh, uh, reckoning and and so it, it happened organically and the same thing happened with the with the uh with this podcast it just happened organically we had these conversations on zoom we know we're, we're big into sharing you know we believe that the babies ain't got to learn the hard way mm -hmm. that you know we can teach the babies a little something along the way and that's what happened with that's how we came up with the podcast huh so yeah so tina mm -hmm. we named it two old chicks who know a lot of mm-hmm uh-huh. So I think we now's the time that we ought to uh, say what we say we're going to do. We have a segment that we want to do every every episode called Dropping Some Wisdom because we do have a lot of wisdom and we promise people we have a lot of wisdom. So I'm going to get you know started dropping some wisdom. You got it. You said it. You got it. I so dropping some wisdom. My first wisdom that I'm going to drop is it's never too late. Mm. Here we are, 70 some years old. We're doing things that most people really don't think about starting at 70 years old. You know, whether people are changing careers instead of continuing careers. You know, for me, it was writing my memoir. I started writing it well after I was seven, 65. It was published after I was 70. Um, and so, you know, it's never too late. Um, meeting at the table you know we were in our 70s when we started it and when we ended it it's never too late so not, I really not, not, not only not only we were in our 70s you were retired twice I've, uh yeah my family tells me that i failed retirement 101 <laughs> uh twice and <laughs> maybe three times who knows who knows what's ahead but i just want younger people to know it's never too late i was listening to um you know what clubhouse is the audio thing that, yeah. that seems to be the latest um, app these days. And I was listening to one of those um, clubhouse discussions that was led by someone that I, I know, and she invited me to come in. And they were talking to women, older women who were talking about how they disrupt their aging process. And one of them said, I lift weights. I'm a bodybuilder. You know, and one of them talked about her new career. Some of them talk about travel. You know, what is it that, what do you call it? Hacking, hacking aging? 
<laughs> you know, it's never it's too late to start these wonderful. things. Yeah, because we're not, we, in, in a general sense, are not just the ones, although I'm sure people who have grandchildren love their grandchildren, we're not the, the nanas exclusively. We're not going to just sit down and take care of, you know, our grandchildren and go nowhere. We and do all day long. Exactly. So that's my wisdom. It's never too late. I want people to think about that. Every time somebody gives you an opportunity, it's never too late. I have some friends who say, oh my gosh, I could never start exercising now. I could never walk, you know, two miles a day now. I could never start a new career now. I Not even a new hobby. I think you should think about it when you're of a certain age or even before, because it really is never too, it's never too late to start a business if that's really what you want to do. And you have the, the resources, financial, emotional health, all the resources that it takes. It's just never too late. So that's the wisdom I'm dropping today. What's your wisdom? That's great wisdom, Wanda. And you know what I was just thinking? It's not just for older people. It's for younger people. I talk to so many young folks who say, oh, well, I'm 20, 29 now. I guess it's too late for me to do so. What are you talking about? You know, this is experimental time. So that's a good, that's a good uh, pearl of wisdom to drop. My wisdom is, and this is for probably for the younger people, is it's going to be okay. It's mm -hmm. going to be all right. It's a simple adage and nearly everybody has heard it spoken to them. And mostly, you know, so it's some time of heartbreak or tragedy or death or, you know, some tipping point in your life is questionable whether things are ever going to be all right again. I want you to remember that phrase. It's going to be all right. My sister had an older friend in New Orleans uh, who was a soul of calm wisdom. And my sister had told me that Miss Ticola could say those words that could, you know, in a tone that made you just know it was going to be all right. Not long after that, I, of course, had a uh, opportunity to reach out to Miss Ticola in one of my stormy times. And before I could tell her the whole drama, she said it. It's going to be all right. God, it went all through me, Wanda. You know how you hear something that just goes all through you? It went all through me with this gentleness and its certainty and its wisdom. Because it's true. We will get through this some way. Life will go on, sometimes in a different direction. But it will be all right. Just you, know, you and I have you and I have had to tell each other that from time to time because uh, my sweet little baby Bella, my dog was missing one night. She, We got out on the street. We were going up and down the street with flashlights. We were calling her name. We couldn't figure out how she might have gotten out of the house. She was gone overnight. You know, we cried. We called out to her. And, T and I called Tina and I said, Bella's gone. She's missing. We don't know where she is. We don't know what to do. And Tina said, you know what? She'll come home. She knows where home is. Woke up the next morning. I was standing in the laundry room just kind of looking down at her her little empty plate, trying to figure out what I was going to do with this cute little plate. And Bella comes out from somewhere in the house. She was never, she was under something all night long. She was a little, she had some little dust or some dirt on her or something from somewhere. I don't know where she was. I had a piece of furniture wherever she was. And so fast forward to what, two weeks ago, Tina's cat got out. One of her two cats got out. She and May Jean was gone. And Tina called me and she was just, oh my goodness. It was, it brought back so many emotions. And I said, Tina, remember what you told me? It's gonna be all right. May Jean knows where home is. And what about three or four days later? 
five days later, she's just sitting up there on the porch, waiting for somebody to open the door and let her in. Give her something. I know, I know that's a simplification that our animals are dear to us, but you're right. It is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. You know what? I, I can't reproduce Miss T. Cola's voice because it was just honey. You know, it was so peaceful and calm. But what I want all of you to do is just to put that sentence in your head. It's going to be all right. Hear it in whatever voice you hear it in. It's going to be all right. You know, put it in your mind. Encourage other people. Set the, tell, tell that to other people. You know, as soon as you learn something, you got to teach it. As soon as you teach it, you got to learn it all over again. But put it in your mind and encourage people. Recall it often. So when that next thing happens, and it's going to happen, you can remember Miss Ticola's voice and remember her time-honored wisdom and let it soothe and center you, center you on, until the world is back in whatever alignment it's going to be back in. But I promise you, it's going to be all right. Great wisdom, great wisdom. This has been so much well, fun. Oh my goodness. We're gonna yeah. have to Y'all have to this come is, back again. That's right. This is that's that's it for the first episode of Two Old Chicks. We want to thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the information. Thank you for everything. Um, we hope you'll tell us others about our podcast mm -hmm. and join us next time. And we're gonna talk about the power of mentoring. You know, Tina talked about her little schoolgirls and, and my mentees, and we really want to share some wisdom about the power of mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, we have mentored countless writers and journalists, so we're going to talk about how important that is in our lives as well as in their lives. We may, we may even have a guest, Wanda. Absolutely. We may even have a guest. Well, make sure you, you uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. So you never miss an episode. And plus, oops, I lost my ring. Plus, follow us on Instagram at uh, Two Old Chicks Podcast. We'll see you soon. We want you to take care, take care of each other, and take care of yourself. Absolutely. Good night, goodbye, and, and be well. We love you. Oh, yeah.